Hey everyone, today is Tuesday, the 24th of September, 2019. This is The Gap, episode 486. I'm Luke Laurie, Joe Deaf. How you going, Joe? I'm deaf now. Uh, if that's you, Luke, you're a, uh, a high-piercing uh, ringing in my ear now. Uh, <laughs> I actually listened back to some of last week's podcast, and I could very vaguely hear you in the, in the back, like, looping back as well. So uh, I will make sure that you're a lot quieter this time. Um, yeah, so we don't have the echo. Echo, right. echo. Yeah, there must be a lot of bleed on this this headset. Sometimes, oh. uh, I don't know, sometimes it's just like, and because we're recording over the internet, you've got a delay anyway. Yeah, right. So it's never going to line up perfect. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Uh, and of course, it's uh, it's getting hot in Australia now, so I've got the windows open, which means we're going to hear more planes, unfortunately. But uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I guess move, just listen to this fucking plane. Just move? Like, yeah. where the fuck am I going to move? I moved literally to the opposite side of the fucking city, and I'm still under a fucking flight path. There is literally nowhere... Like, I'd have to live in the fucking CBD, which I just can't afford yet. Uh, one day, soon, when, when the ship comes in. Uh, you that cash. meme money. Yeah, I need that meme money. It's just... I don't know what it is. All my memes... I haven't been making money from memes yet. I don't understand. Right. Yeah. Um... Anyway, anyway, what's going on, Luke? What's happening? Uh, I've got a, um, all my PC parts are arriving. Oh, yeah? Um, so I've ordered a, a new PC, um, which I haven't talked about yet. But yeah, started specking up a, a new computer. Um, basically put everything together on like PC part picker, which if people don't know is like a aggregator site that sort of looks at different... Um, shops or storefronts and kind of gets the best deals and so you put the parts in that you want and then it's like alright this is the places you should buy them from um, and it's a really good site it kind of updates uh, regularly like you can go in there and it's got like daily deals and things like that um, so that you get like pretty spot on price or the best price you can kind of get um, and then they also do things like build guides and things like that so if you're not sure about like what is good you can kind of look at that as a reference and there's different sort of tiers like price ranges or or that sort of stuff. Um, you know, if you want to go AMD or if you want to kind of go um, like a, an NVIDIA card or something like that, you can kind of look at different builds that people have kind of set up and it gives you a really good reference of, of uh, what you need. And also good th- the, the other thing it does that I really like is that um, if you're not really sure about building computers does a great job of sort of like giving you an idea of what's going to go together in terms of parts and what isn't like if you buy flat a, out tell you if if you've got like the wrong chipset for your motherboard or whatever like sure it's, yeah it's pretty awesome in that sense yeah it'll be like hey this is not compatible with this thing you're buying over here and it'll tell you or like if you buy a case or something like that it'll be like this isn't going to fit <laughs> yeah. in this part of the case. And so, and that's generally based off of just other people's purchases. And so it just got this giant database of things that work and things that don't work. And yeah. then there's stuff on there with like user reviews and like what's a good part and what isn't a good part. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's an awesome site. Um, so I basically just spec'd up a PC for the most part using that site. Um, did a lot of research into uh, parts and, uh, a lot of research into cases, um, 
yeah, and just kind of what I kind of wanted. Yeah. Put it all together. I was still sort of unsure about a like a motherboard. I was still kind of looking around as to what I should get. And um, I was aiming for an i7 9700K uh, um, was where I was going. Everything I looked at, a, a lot of um, uh, the AMD reviews started coming out the last couple of weeks yep. for their new chipsets. And for the most part, the, pri- the pricing is... Uh, it's cheaper in terms of pricing when you compare it to the Intel equivalent or what they're trying to say is the Intel equivalent. Um, but all the benchmarks and all their results that I've seen that are coming out are saying that it's not really doing much in terms of gaming. It's more in terms of like, um, I guess, multi like multitasking and things like that. That's where it's it's doing a lot better. Um, and then, so when you start putting it up against, uh, like higher level AMD cards and then getting an idea of like, what's going to be on par in terms of performance, you end up spending the same amount of money between an AMD and an Intel anyway. And so it's just, or, or in it even more. Um, and so just, yeah, everything that I've sort of looked into recently, I'm like, I'm just going to keep going Intel. It just doesn't seem worth worth it at the moment like what I've, I've always had i've never had any issues with intel um and it just everything i looked at was like for gaming it's really not a big difference or it's not any difference at all um it's only good for uh what is it multi-touch you remember when thread rippers came out and there was this big fucking deal about that and then no one uses them anymore. They're all like they're dead. <laughs> they're like, no, nah, that was kind of they got rid of them. Um, so I was looking at the ninety seven hundred, and then um, I kind of started buying bits and pieces. And then the day after I started buying stuff, there was a, a deal on for a uh, an i nine ninety nine hundred and right. a motherboard combo, which was something stupid like 160 to 200 dollars us off as a combo package and i was like fuck it all right and it was 10 dollars more than what i'd spec'd up so i was gonna pay 10 bucks more yeah. and get a you know a, a 9900 an i9 instead so i was like Done. easy yeah um it was like a, a one day sale or something like that so yeah i pulled the trigger on that almost immediately and yeah um, i remember when you, you sent, sent me a message saying it was was there i'm like go 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 yeah but um yeah does uh you wouldn't have static ice over there would you no because when i built this thing i still had to go on static ice to get better prices like you can get good prices but you can still get better prices from static ice like you still save a bit of money at the end of the day you had to decide what you wanted to like what was what it was worth to you, whether it was better to just get everything from the one place or yeah, like yeah, a bit of mental maths required, but uh, you can save a bit of money over PC part picker if you want to start a coast, but um, it's probably more consistent in the States, right? Like it's probably easier for them to track because you got like Newegg and Amazon. Yeah. Is Newegg still good over there? Yeah, Newegg's really good. Uh, yeah. Most of my stuff has been either from Newegg or Amazon. Yeah. There was a third company on the list that I kept seeing pop up. Right. Um, and that's where I was going to get the uh, CPU and motherboard from. But then this other deal came up on Newegg. And I was like, yep, easy. 
<laughs> so everything's come from um, from Amazon and, and UAG. So yeah, that's yeah, good. Um, and the other one, the other site I used was uh, Logical Increments. Mm. Uh, that was a good one for. That's like sort of just a very broad. Um, you chuck in your location, and then you can look at. They've got like builds yeah. at every price point. Uh, like from basically the lowest to like dumb shit, like your the computer you're building, and uh, you get an idea that way of where your bottlenecks are going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make sense, Luke, to have an i9 and then only have 16 gig of RAM because totally you'll, have, you'll have a giant fucking bottleneck in fucking RAM, uh, which I believe I told you on Facey, and you rectified that situation, didn't you? You got 32 gig of RAM, don't you? I, don't you? Don't you? This was something else I looked into, and <laughs> the difference between 32 and 16 in terms of performance in gaming was about, I think they were saying it was probably about 1% to 2% difference. Um, it's not about performance. It's about the fact that, like... Nate and I, when we play Battlefield, we literally have to flush our memory because if you've used Chrome that day, you cannot fucking play Battlefield because they're both giant fucking memory hogs. But like more games are going to go in that same direction, you lunatic. Um, Yeah, like it's it's just about having the spare, Hmm. essentially. Like, yeah, there is a performance increase, but like the other thing is it's also a improvement for a whole bunch of things. Like the idea that you don't do fucking video editing when we spend fucking 20 minutes before every fucking podcast while you try to work out how to get fucking video to work is hilarious (laughs) to me. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, you may as well. Why wouldn't you? So you did get 32 gig RAM, right? Yeah, I changed the RAM. It was a sale on RAM as well. So Mm. I I went from whatever I was going to get and then I just got the 32 as well lucky lucky um, so yeah it's all it's all around the parts are coming uh, the the uh, case showed up today cool um, so the only thing I'm waiting for is motherboard and CPU which is apparently due on Friday um, I don't know why it's taking longer than everything else but I guess I ordered on a weekend um, and it's not directly through Amazon it's through it's through one of, like one of their uh, like partner I don't know. You know, you buy things from Amazon and it's not always directly from Amazon. It's from someone else. Yeah. That's that sort of stuff. So it's always, that's always the hairy part, right? Like if it's not being fulfilled by Amazon, it still arrives. Like it's still delivered by by Amazon. So it's all Amazon prime stuff. It's just, uh, yeah, different company. Like a lot of that stuff is, it's done that way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's arriving. I'll get, get to put it together, I guess maybe on the weekend and then yeah we'll see how it goes hopefully it's, it all works fingers yeah. crossed fingers crossed and how's uh how's your cable management gonna go what's that yeah I'm, I'm not huge on the idea either but uh <laughs> we were tweeting yesterday Oz Gamers. oh Nate did a um a case review I believe for Oz Gamers, and uh they were shaming him for his cable management Hmm. And uh, we both cracked out with far more heinous uh, cable management. Well, like my cable management is actually pretty tops. 
Uh, it's just I've got a fucking bunch of dangling hard drives because I just don't fucking care. Um, like, hard drives, they're SSDs. They weigh about fucking four grams. Like, how the fuck are they going to... It took me fucking, like... I needed to fucking do weights at the gym to fucking push the fucking things in. Like, how the fuck are they going to wiggle out at four grams? There's no fucking way. Like, why wouldn't all my hard my SSDs just dangle somewhere, right? Your cable management, though, is a fucking nightmare. Like, I thought Nate's was pretty bad. He's got a cable tie around some cables doing literally nothing. Like, it's just there. <laughs> it's just, it exists, right? Like, it's... Like Jason M said on on Twitter, because we were we were tweeting our terrible cables on Twitter. Uh, like Jason M said, it's one of those like oh it's in the box, I better fucking chuck it in the case type things. Like yeah. when you're making IKEA IKEA furniture, and you're like, uh, why do I have all these extra fucking nuts? You just start fucking hammering nuts in all over the place. Uh, that's that. Yours, yours. I don't. I don't know. I. I I just don't understand. I don't understand how it got like it is. What 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 are you going to do with that computer? Oh, it's 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 going to be a second computer. Like it's just, like it's going to you're not going to touch anything in it, are you? I'm taking out the the hard drive. How drives are you going to get to the fucking hard drives? They're you're going to have to fucking mount an expedition. <laughs> They're easy. You're gonna have to fucking. You're gonna have to get surgery tools. You're gonna have to like, oh, clamps, and then you fucking clamp open the fucking dig on in, fucking get to the fucking SATA cables and get them fucking unplugged. Like, how are you gonna get to the motherboard? Go on Twitter and look at the fucking picture he tweeted. There's no way he gets to the fucking hard drives without significant fucking. Hard drives are easy because they're just on the side. Most of those cables are the hard drives. I've got. Unless you're getting new fucking, unless you're getting new fucking SATA cables, you've still yeah. got to get to the motherboard. It doesn't matter Is where it? the hard drives are. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, anyway, I should probably put the sides on my case, and then there wouldn't be so much dust. But you know, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, good times. Well, uh, yeah. So you'll have a brand new computer, uh, and your spare computer will be better than my computer. So that'll be nice. That'll be fun for you. Um, now, what graphics card are you going to put in the spare computer? Are you just going to go off uh, the 980? On board. Oh, you've still got the, on, uh, the 980. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, cool. Nice. And cool. That's it. What else have we got? Should we talk about... Oh. Let's talk about not game stuff before we get to game stuff, okay? Yeah, we can do that. Let's do it. Audiobooks that I hate, I've put down here. Uh, I've been listening to a audiobook called The Land, uh, which is about a, uh, basketball. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Um, it is about... Uh, um, let me see if I can find it. It's, called, it's in a genre called Lit RPG. I'm going to sneeze. <clears throat> Lit RPG, uh, which is literature RPG where they meld the like MMO concepts with uh, literature itself, right? Uh, so you've got, yeah, basically the two things. You've got uh, a proper novel, a proper story, but it's also got RPG-like concepts, uh, tied within it right and uh yeah 
fucking... I didn't hate it, right? But I had to stop listening to it. Because every time, every single time, it would uh, find some gear. The audiobook would like read out all of the stats. So it would be like, right... I'm going to do it with Borderlands, right? You find and you, you're playing the... Like, you're reading the, the novelization of Borderlands 3. And, uh, and it's like... Mose went up to a chest and found... Refined Starkiller. Damage, 13. Accuracy, 80%. Handling, 65%. Reload time, 1.6 seconds. Fire rate, 5.07 seconds. Magazine size, 17. 19 damage per second. 33% chance of fire damage. Has to be some kind of thermal oscillator. Plus 42% weapon shot speed. 2.9% weapon zoom. Moe's found Ironwild Marshall. 121 damage. 56% accuracy. 56% handling. 1.8 sec. It did this for every single fucking item. So it did it for the fucking helmet. And then the fucking chest. And then the pants. And then the gloves. And then the fucking swords. And the fucking potions. And just non-stop. Over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't, like, I don't read this shit when I'm playing a fucking video game. I look at it. I look at whether or not it is fucking blue or green and if it's anything under fucking blue, I just I just ignore it. And if it's like now, that now that where I'm up to in fucking Borderlands three, <laughs> if it's under purple, I ignore it. Like half the purples I don't even fucking look at. If I look at it and it comes up with a symbol of a fucking pistol, I'm not picking that shit up. I don't give a fuck. I don't want a fucking purple pistol. Get the fuck out of here. Like absolutely ridiculous. But it's just did it over and over like half this fucking audiobook has to be this motherfucker reading out fucking stats of fucking armor and I'm like I can't do this like I, I want to fucking top myself and so I went and looked it up and uh yeah apparently it's one of the absolute worst for that exact like problem but also reviews it's like six books in and I was reading some some Goodreads reviews and people were like uh I don't know how we're up to book six, but we still haven't resolved half the storylines from book one. I'm mm. like, all right, well, yeah, I'm done. I'm out. I'm full out. I can't do it anymore. So I had to go look for another fucking audiobook. And I found The Metropolitan Man, which is uh, rational fan fiction. I don't know if you've heard of this genre. Uh, I gave up on lit RPG basically because I couldn't find, like, I just needed something to fucking listen to while I was uh, rolling. Uh, so I gave up. I'm just like, I'll just go fucking, I'll just get fucking Harry Potter and the Math Methods Rationality, which is uh, another rational fan fiction. Uh, rational fan fiction. Fan fiction, obviously, is, you know, all that stuff where people write their own stories about established characters, mm -hmm. may or may not involve gratuitous amounts of fucking porn usually involves way too much porn if it's put up on DeviantArt. Uh, the more legitimate stuff does not involve any porn at all uh, and uh, is usually just, you know, exploring the characters in different ways. Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality uh, is one where, like, if Harry Potter, instead of being some, like, little kid who doesn't know what he's doing, uh, is, like, this fucking, like, Spock-esque uh, logican, you know, like this fucking crazy, like always thinks the most logical parts through. So, you know, there's a good portion of it's 
one of the biggest fan fictions I've ever seen. Uh, and it's it's like something like a million words or some shit. I don't I can't remember exactly how many. Maybe eight hundred thousand words. Uh, to give you a frame of reference, your average novel is like eighty thousand words. So it's it's a it's a doozy. Uh, it's no worm, but it's big. And uh, yeah, it's fucking. It's just like there's a good fucking books worth of fucking words about how Quidditch doesn't make sense from a logical point of view uh and all, all that kind of stuff right like just it like devolves into harry potter finding hideously unethical but like logically sound ways to fuck people up right interesting if you're interested in the thought exercise of magic and magic and science anyway the metropolitan man is in the same vein you know this hyperlogical character deconstructs uh something in fiction uh metropolitan man in this case is uh if uh lex luther was a, a a psychopath and b which i think he sociopath i don't know uh and b hyperlogical which i think they've always tried to do but they never really approached it with the same like fervor for rationality because the the real rationality dorks like have these fucking like mad fucking like rabbit holes that they go down they'll like they'll break down literally everything so that at some point you like the most rational concept you could like rational move you could make doesn't make sense on casual glance but then you like if you add up all the fucking dominoes it, it does make sense. That kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is about... So this is told from Lex Luthor's perspective. Uh, and... Uh, and... Basically, his first encounter with Superman. Like, how how he's going to deal with the concept of Superman. Uh, how anyone would deal with the concept of an alien god landing and revealing that he is essentially all-powerful. Right? Uh, which is, I, I think, is a fascinating topic. I've, you know, obviously it's been explored a number of times in comics. The Boys, uh, if you haven't watched it, uh, is awesome. Doesn't go anywhere near as far as, far as this does. Uh, incor- incorruptible, irredeemable uh, is obviously. It's I think irredeemable might be my favorite fucking comic book series of all time. Um, so yeah, like that exposes the same thing. Um, like, definitely a topic that I really like. Brightburn was a movie that came out earlier this year that sort of explored the idea of what if Superman didn't have our best interests at heart. Uh, but, yeah, from Lex's perspective, it's less that Superman doesn't have our best interests at heart and more that it is inevitable. Like, you have to be prepared for the moment where, you know, God decides to flood the fucking world, right? Which is good. Uh, I've been reading it on my fucking tablet like a fucking Philistine. Uh, I listened to the fucking audiobook and it's it sounds like it's read by fucking Nathan Fielder. Have you ever watched Nathan For You? No. <laughs> Nathan For You is hands down the most awkward piece of television in human history. Like, 100%. I can't watch a full fucking episode. I cannot watch a full fucking episode. Uh, it, it makes me want to die. Like, 
it honest to god i want to like fucking curl up into my into myself and then and then just die uh i can't do it right flat out like think of the most awkward shit you've ever seen curb your enthusiasm the uk office like a bunch of scenes in extras like none of it compares nothing compares to nathan fielder uh going and sincerely pitching to a fucking fr- like frozen yogurt owner like store owner that he should make a shit flavored frozen yogurt and then sitting down and having an honest conversation with the man to tell him that making a frozen a shit flavored frozen yogurt was a bad idea full deadpan under the premise that he is some sort of business genius it it makes me like I I I want to die thinking about it, like just thinking about it in general. Anyway, he has a very spe- like particular speaking voice, mm-hmm. and the dude reading this fucking audiobook, The Metropolitan Man, sounds just way too much like him, like way too much like him, and I can't handle it. So I can't fucking listen to it, basically. Yeah. So it's ruined that for me. Um, so yeah, there's that. That's that. Audiobooks. I, I haven't found a good audiobook. I'm out of fucking audiobooks, basically. Because uh, I finished fucking uh, my Brandon Sanderson books. And now, like, what the fuck am I going to do? I've been, I listened to music when I wrote it this morning. It was fucking pathetic. Like some sort of fucking gym rat. I need to fucking... Try podcasts. Book. Gaming podcasts. Uh, <laughs> the two podcasts that I like to listen to... Yeah. Um... Which are Nathan's Here's My Movie and the IGN podcast. Hmm. Neither of them will fucking put a fucking episode out in the last fucking two months. They're not the fucking gap, okay? They're not like us. They're not fucking every week, no matter what, regardless of the quality. They're They're saving it for some reason. I'm not sure what. But yeah, they're they're dragging their feet, so I, I don't know. If anyone knows of a good podcast, uh, good audio book, uh, definitely let me know. Uh, do not suggest the fucking Malazan books to me. Uh, they are impenetrable as an audio book. I can't do them, uh, but they are good. They're a good read. But I just I need something I can listen to. You know, you need to be able to fucking an audio book, right? Needs to allow you to tune out for a moment, right? Not seven fucking minutes while you listen to some cunt fucking read out stats from fucking armor but like just a moment while you know some dickhead cuts you off while driving right then that's what it needs to be able to do without you missing entire fucking concepts Mal- the malazan books it'll be like what 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 the fuck is going like i don't understand i i must have tuned out at some point and now we're in some sort of fucking like hovel or something like what the fuck is a burrow like what the fuck is going on in this book and then yeah you go back and read it like a you know like a philistine and you're like oh this is so so much simpler now that i'm not like now that i'm giving it my full concentration anyway that's 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 that yeah but yeah i do love audiobooks i just fucking oof oof yikes uh yeah, there have been some some duds, some real duds. Yeah, if you do want a good audiobook, you don't. I don't think you listen to audiobooks, but if you do want a good audiobook, 
check out Brandon Sanderson's fucking Stormlight Archives. What a fucking series. And that, that's like 180 hours. That's like... Brandon Sanderson writes books like we do podcasts, like just too long, like way too long, <laughs> with no respect for people's time, right? Uh, yeah, it just it's it's a beast. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. And he p- pumps them out regularly, like we do as well. He's we're definitely the Brandon Sanderson of podcasts. Okay, I feel safe in saying that. Um, Anyway, uh, while we're not talking about video games yet, uh, go and see Ad Astra. Everyone listening to this, go and see Ad Astra. One of the best fucking films I've seen in a long time. And uh, directly contrasting with having already watched, like last week, I watched the worst film I've watched in a long time. Mm. Now I've watched the best film I've watched in a long time. Brad Pitt is a spaceman, an astronaut going to find his dad basically uh but it's 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 not really like so much about the you know the destination as it is about the fucking the journey uh brad pitt played like it's oh my god uh it's full of like these fucking like really tight shots of brad you know trying to, yeah. acting like he's not showing any emotion acting his balls <laughs> off and then these wide shots of uh space which are fucking spectacular i love it to bits uh, but it's also like all the world building. Like it's not like Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar, I think, was very much about the um, the concept of travel itself. Like it was very tied to the the travel aspect, right? And then it it would show us some awesome places along the way. Um, but it was like it was the that was about the fucking specific people moving from place to place but what fascinated me about Ad Astra was the fucking world that he was traveling through there's so much fucking going on there's this really like subtly fucking dystopian uh dystopic world that yeah I just fucking Hmm. loved uh it's it reminded me of um like Gattaca or Children of Men you know like how obviously those were they're they're bleak, right? They're super bleak. Um, they're bleak movies with this bleak outlook that are actually inherently intensely hopeful, mm-hmm. right? I think that's what it is. You know, like, uh, yeah, the you know, Gattaca tells the story of a, a world that's pretty fucked, and so too there's and children, children, men tells a story of a world that is explicitly fucked. Uh, Ad Astra tells a story of a world that is pretty fucked more Gattaca style but yeah it's it's sort of like the world building throughout it is just this showcase of like awesome storytelling uh and other like otherwise the the journey itself is pretty like classic monomyth you know the fucking the classic story generic story I guess but it's really about everything around it and then Ad Astra is about like Brad Pitt's personal journey as well or Brad Pitt's character's personal journey and then it ends like like Children of Men like Attica it ends on something intensely hopeful uh, which I think is awesome and the fucking soundtrack it's Max Richter is the new fucking Hans Zimmer I reckon that dude fucking that dude makes some fucking soundtracks I'll tell you what I can't wait till that comes out and fucking whatever google play i guess is how i'm gonna listen to it i fucking mm-hmm. yeah 
great, great soundtrack. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, go see Ad Astra. Yeah, do it. I was I was going to go on the weekend, but we are uh, being too busy. So yeah. maybe maybe this weekend we get a chance. If not, I might be busy again actually. But yeah, definitely want to go see it. Nice. For, for some reason, I thought Chris Nolan was directing it. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, and it took it took a while for me to figure that out. I was like, oh, actually, no, he's not. No, but he's doing something else, right? Like, and it's close, isn't it? Yeah. I think. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty soon. Anyway. Let's keep this fucking train moving, Job. Let's um, do it. Detective. Sure. It's a, it's a board game. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Still no video games on this video game podcast. It's game. Classic. It's gaming related. It's not yep. even, it's, I don't know. Um... Detective is a, uh, a co-op board game uh, between one to, I think, five players is the max. Cool. And it is, um, I guess on the box, it says like a modern crime board game. Uh, so right. you are basically given five cases and each case has a story. And then all the cases together have an overall story that's um, that sort of tie tie a big theme together right. and the way it works is you've got a, a very small board um, there are a bunch of locations on this board and down the bottom there is a time track and then on the side there is a day track and each case takes you've got a certain amount of days in order to solve the case um, and it starts off with a bunch of sort of leads that you can go down um, maybe a dozen or ha- sorry half a dozen for, for the one I've played I've only played one so far half a dozen different leads that you can look into um, and each lead sort of takes you down this track of alright the game this specific case has uh, 50 cards or something like that and each card has a bunch of information on there and sometimes um those cards start leading you down um, into different areas. And each of these cards will sometimes have a time on them, and that's basically how much time you've got to spend investigating this lead. And other times it'll just be maybe like just a bunch of information, giving you details about certain stuff. Uh, And the interesting thing about this is the cards will sometimes have uh, details on them and you'll have to look into some of these details a bit further. And the way you do that is either by going to the card that it's referring to on the actual, in in the deck. So you actually just go through them. They're all sort of numbered. Uh, it's not like you're going through this game in order. You sort of just, you're, you're following a lead. It'll be like, go read card 113. And then you go try and find card 113. And that's got a bunch of information. And sometimes it'll um, then take you down like another path. And the other way that you go and find, uh, look into this uh, these inf- this information a bit further is by using a website. Um, and there's like a, a, basically like a database of information. You can look up characters. Um, you do things with uh, like forensics. You look at uh, objects within the game that have been sort of logged in there, um, comparing DNA analysis, fingerprints and whatnot. Um, and that's sort of the other way that you get the information out of this this story in this world. Um, 
Yeah. And then so like a card will say, all right, this is going to take two hours to do. And you've only got a certain amount of hours in the day to work. It, it's, you know, it's limited to something like eight hours. And so you've got to really decide whether or not you think it's worth investigating this lead that they're giving you. And because uh, it could end up going down this sort of trail, you spend a day or a day and a half looking into this lead and it just goes nowhere. <laughs> like you just wasted all this time. Um, as an example, like it could be um, interviewing a witness and it's going to take you a couple hours. To, it takes you an hour to travel around to the different locations. There's about five locations on the board and you have to visit these locations to do specific tasks. And one of them could be, for instance, the, the interviewing a witness. And um, the card will give you like a breakdown of, of what's going on sort of like a like a novel basically it's got a bunch of flavor text in there um the conversations to what's happening and then down the bottom of the card it might give you like a transcript of that conversation and that's you can what you can put into the website and go look at more detailed about what's going on but down, then down the bottom of the card it might have like a um like a like a further lead like you can push them dig deeper and then if you want to do that you can then spend these tokens that that each player sort of gets each person that the, the team gets and if you do that you you spend your token you flip over the card and sometimes there might be more information on there and it'll and then that'll lead you to like a different card in the deck and it's sort of like this choose your own adventure type system um and then so you, that starts taking down like another trail but maybe like you invent, you dig deeper and you then waste another three hours or two hours moving your time forward and you get nothing out of it. And like, there's sort of this risk, this risk factor that's going on. Like, do you, is it worth, do you think going and looking into these possible leads further? Or do you think there's better chances somewhere else in the game um, that you've maybe looked into that you can kind of push? Um, so yeah, it does that basically throughout the game and what happens is once you reach the end of your time limit you then um go onto the website and it asks you a series of questions relating to the case that you've been given and you have to answer them um and i think the they're kind of like a series of multiple choice questions it could be something like um a b c d you kind of got to pick the one you want. And there could be one in there that says, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to the question you're asking me. And sometimes it could be a trick question. Like, none of the answers they're giving you are correct. And if you actually select an incorrect answer, you lose a point from your overall score. And so the end of the, end of, end of the game is basically it telling, telling all these points together. And if you manage to go across the, uh, you know, the pass mark, then you've solved the case. And what it will do then is give you a final report and like a breakdown of what sort of happened in that case. And also some of the things that you found um, in that case and like what you got right, like in relation to those questions. And if you got them wrong, it'll like tell you like, hey, you actually got this question wrong. And here's a breakdown of sort of what you thought. And that's actually not right. So you kind of did a mistake there. Um and the interesting thing about the game is that each case has a, a set number of cards, but because you've only got a certain amount of time to try and get through them, you're not going to get through all the cards. 
And so you're kind of putting the pieces of this story together um, by not getting all of the pieces to the story. Like there's a possibility you might not know things about what's going on, but if you do well enough, you'll get a really good idea from exactly kind of what is going on if you've solved it properly. Like the overall score will be like, uh, you know, out of 40 marks, but in order to get 40 out of 40, the game basically says to you that is nearly impossible. Um, and so I think we got like a, somewhere between 10 and 20 out of 40 and we ended up with a pass mark. Um, and by that stage, like we had a really good idea of the actual what happened properly. Like we basically, um, you draw like mind maps in piece on a piece of paper um, just like in a notebook, you start writing like characters' names down, um, sort of relationships to other play or other people in this this case. Um, you know, this character here is has a distinct mark on their face, and so you write that down. But you don't know this person's name, and that could be something that their name is filled in like later on, and you go there and fill that in at a, at a later stage in the game. And so yeah, you, you end up drawing this crazy like uh, mind map. You know the 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 uh, the board on the wall with all the the strings attaching to different pictures, like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and then you start like deducing what the story is about and exactly what's going on. And so the first case that we did was a a watch that had been um, discovered, and it was a really famous watch that uh, went missing in World War Two and has somehow shown up in modern day at like an auction house. And you've got to go back and try and figure out how it ended up at this auction house and what exactly happened for it to disappear from this museum in World War II or whatever, wherever it disappeared from. Um, and yeah, and then you basically go back and you run into, you talk to all these characters and you kind of figure out, um, yeah, the events that led from, you know, 50 60 years ago up until now and the characters are involved and that sort of thing so yeah um and then also while you're doing that you're finding cards that are relevant to the cases later on um into like the the sort of overall story and so it'll be like all right don't read that card put it in a forensic zipper in case two and then put that aside and so like you grab a card and it's like don't read it just immediately put it here and so that that's something that comes back later on and so the moment you open up that case you can read that card and so each case is like it'll give you a breakdown in the book of like here's an overall story um here's the leads that you can start start looking into like it like i said half a dozen leads but also here's a um you know here's the other information you can go and look at because you've got this other card that's sort of pulled in there Another crazy thing was, and we didn't realize this, at one point it was like lift up the game box and uh, pull out like these files. And like we lifted the box up and there's like a bunch of fucking paperwork underneath of like physical paper stuff that you can look at. And, um, you know, it was like a uh, like a floor plan of a house and, and sort of somebody broke into this house and like you get to actually physically look at it and try and figure out what happens. And so that stuff like is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game from what I've played so far. I, I guess it's a, um, sort of in the same vein as, uh, there's a Sherlock Holmes game that's very popular. Um, and 
it's it's was made and i think it was the 1980s and yeah, they've made a bunch detective that's literally what i've been thinking the yeah. entire time you've been talking because i bought it for my little sister yeah it seems like this is a direct evolution on that because the Sherlock Holmes game is very similar, but a lot clunkier. Yeah, and that was uh, the thing is that uh, they actually had the Sherlock Holmes game there, um, yeah. and there's a bunch of them that they've kind of sort of kept making. But the popular one is from like the '80s, and the other one that we looked at was um, was basically said that yeah, it was a bit clunky, and that this game was rated pretty good on like Board Game Geek. Yeah. Uh, and it was it's like a brand new game it came out like last year like 2018 right and uh the whole the aspect of being able to go to their website and um you know have someone like using a laptop computer or a, or a tablet you know and then one other person doing the mind map or someone else reading um and then taking notes and like the other thing it does is that it'll give you um like keywords during the cards you can actually look at those keywords online in google or wherever just use the internet to search them and it'll give you more background information about this specific topic or like uh using google maps to look at an area and trying to get you know not necessarily that's not going to help you a lot in terms of solving the case like you could do it without all that stuff but it kind of gives you more background knowledge um like you know looking into specific world war ii army factions and things like that um, you can go read up on that sort of th- stuff and it gives you a bit more background background on some of these characters. So, yeah, uh, really interesting game. I, uh, I like the idea of sort of this, um, you know, a board game, but also using current technology to sort of work out these sort of things Like you can't really... Uh, I'd like to see the Sherlock Holmes game and sort of how they do that. But this one's really cool because you like, you put in numbers into like a database and then that matches up with like forensic analysis and you got to like match people together and stuff like that and if you get them right then it's like all right it's going to give you a point at the end of the game and it's like the more things like that you do the more likely you are to solve the case at the end um it's possible to not solve the case and much like um that sherlock holmes video game we talked about a while back um if you wanted to you could just keep playing the next case We'll keep going yeah. on. If you, the other option is uh, you don't read the final report, you can wipe your data from the the database and replay it again, and maybe yeah. just follow different leads. So um, yeah, it's not like you've you've failed and oh that's it, you can't do any more. You, you can't do much more. But um, yeah, it's definitely like replayable mm. up up until a point. Um, and each case sounds like it takes about three hours to do. So it's yeah pretty lengthy. It took us about three to four hours in the first playthrough. Yeah, um, you know, reading all the rules and that sort of thing. It's not as complicated as other games. Like it's pretty straightforward. Once you read the rules, you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a game that I guess we'll keep playing as we you know uncover the rest of the cases and sort of see what's what's going on. But yeah, I really dug it. Thought it was really cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I might check uh, it out. Uh, that's called Blue. Detective. Detective, which is a terrible fucking name. <laughs> yeah, needs to, needs to be way more, you know, out there. Needs something to grab people. Um, I'm still playing. Oh, like I'm so far away from getting another fucking board game though. 
I'm still I'm, we only reached the halfway point of Betrayal Legacy um, the other week not last week but the week before right um, which is the like legacy legacy games are my favorite shit I, I love them to death but yeah. uh, it's like taking old concept games and making them new by putting new rules in and also and like you your your impact on those games makes it like personalizes it as well yeah um but yeah we like we just reached a point in the game where everything's different now like it's such a wildly different game to what it was and we also realized we've been playing it wrong for a long time uh because we were because uh it's like betrayal at howsome haunted hill or whatever the fuck it is yeah uh, it's like that but it's not identical and as everyone had played Betrayal at House on the whatever the film uh, we were playing it with some rules that we thought carried like were the same across but they weren't like we we fucking found out basically by accident um, that we we thought we couldn't like just freely go between the basement and uh, upstairs we thought once you were in the basement you were sort of trapped right but you can just walk out of the fucking basement. Uh, and we played fucking seven games mm. without without being able to freely walk out of the fucking basement. It was rough. Um, but yeah, nevertheless. Uh, yeah, I love board games. Um, yeah, you should definitely check out Sherlock Holmes, but I think you are going to... It'll be, it'll, it'll be a, a huge step backwards. I think technology... It sounds like t- technology and de- detective solves a lot of the clunkiness that Sherlock Holmes consulting detective mm-hmm. has as a baseline. I'd love to see more technology uh, intertwined with board games. I reckon everyone's got a fucking phone now so that I don't see any reason why we shouldn't see way, way more of that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, video, video games. What are we going to kick off games. with? Video games. Uh, talk about Untitled Goose Game real quick sure I sort of fuck apparently this game's not too long I sort of burnt out on it inside of 45 minutes it's just interesting that last week we were talking about how if you don't you know connect with the humour in a game hmm. then um, then it's like it's hard like you will see through a lot of the flaws very quickly sure um this was definitely the case for me with Untitled Goose Game. Um, I'm really going for twee shit, and I get the uh, you know it, to me the initial sort of game jam you know uh, reveal of Untitled Goose Game. That was about the extent to which the joke works for me. Like, beyond that, like, yeah, okay, you're a goose and you're an asshole. I get it. That's fine. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I understand how, how it's funny. Right. And then from there, uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's got it. Like, that's it. It's one note, you know? Right. Like, it seems to be enough for a lot of people, which is cool. But for me, there's like, I, apparently it changes by the end but for me the depth of the joke was pretty much just you're a goose and you're an asshole right goose is geese are assholes i get it right mm. like that's that's 
or we were already at the punchline. We didn't really build up to anything. I'm just sort of, I go, who's a jerk. And then from there, it's just a sort of pretty basic puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I sort of, I sort of burnt out pretty quick. If you were enamored by the, like, I could, it's it, directly contrasted with Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. I think if you were enamored by the, setting and the concepts then you would get a lot more out of it um i don't think the puzzles are particularly complex uh but like they're i think they're enough to keep you playing as long as you're not burning out on the entire concept of the game essentially immediately which is exactly what i did um yeah i got i played it for about 35 minutes and i'm like yeah okay cool whatever Mm. i'm done i'm fine yeah let's move on um like it just didn't it didn't really didn't do much new yeah that that was kind of the one complaint that i saw about it as well is everyone was kind of saying that it's it's maybe too long and like nothing sort of changes yeah over the course of the game it's sort of like this one trick pony type thing that's what yeah that's what it seemed like to me very very heavily um and apparently like it's i i didn't hear anyone say it was wasn't it went on too long but i could see how it would despite the fact that it's only a two-hour game um it's it reminds me of uh remember when like fucking every fucking sketch from saturday night live had to be turned into a fucking movie at some point Hmm. And we went through a fucking run where every like fucking Jimmy Fallon drives a taxi or something. And you're like, Jesus Christ, how the fuck did this movie get made? Like, it's funny as a sketch. It's fun. Like, yeah, Untitled Goose Game is funny as uh, the first garden where you're fucking with the, the farmer dude. But beyond hmm. that, it's just, oh, okay, we're doing it again. And yeah, just not for me. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. I didn't, I thought it's impossible to control on keyboard and mouse, but I had a, a controller plugged in, so that wasn't a big deal. Um, yeah, I just refunded it on EGS. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's quite expensive, right? It's, uh, it's 20, it's $20 over here. Um, yeah. so yeah. nearly 30 bucks, I guess. Yeah. No, I think it was 20 bucks. I'm pretty sure I only paid 20, 22 bucks or something. Oh. I thought. I'm going to look it up real quick. Oh, it was um, discounted at launch. Oh, okay. Um, speaking of Epic Game Store, fucking six Batman fucking titles. Good Lord. Like, get it up, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 20 bucks. It was 20 bucks and it's 15 bucks at the moment. Um, yeah, I, 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 I hit them up to try and get codes, right? And they wouldn't give us codes. So oh, I'm not, uh, <laughs> it's too busy right now. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, it was the meme game. It was very popular. Mm. Everyone was checking it out. I wanted to check it out myself. Um, yeah, I think you can probably scam them and finish the game inside of fucking, apparently you can finish it inside of fucking, two hours so you could probably get the fucking refund anyway but i i don't think you should do that nobody should do that um if you buy it play play it and get the most out of it i think you should probably own it um but yeah uh i did not do that i played it and 
burnt out on it and decided that it wasn't for me. Um, yeah, all right. Well, speaking speaking of Borderlands Three, uh, we played a bit more of that. Uh, they fucking first of all, uh, I've been playing uh, with with other people, just sort of randomly jumping into games, and uh, uh, didn't mention this. Very, like, it's really interesting to me because I always complain about unskippable cutscenes, but I didn't complain about unskippable cutscenes in Borderlands Three. I think it's because. A, uh, it alt had and played in the background so I could still listen to shit so it didn't really matter. Uh, and B, uh, I liked the story and I liked the, like, liked the humor and I liked what people were saying so it wasn't that big a deal. And they're usually pretty I... short. Yeah, they're not they're usually like an intro of a person or something like that for the most part. There are, there are a couple. There are a couple of long ones. Uh, like, the, also the, you know, dialogue where... You, we had to wait for them to shut the fuck up so we could listen to Typhon de Leon, that sort of stuff. Um, like, that, it definitely occurs. They definitely disrespect your time. The main problem is that it does it in fucking New Game Plus, which is heinous. Uh, you should not have to fucking re-listen to everything a second time in New Game Plus. That's fucking dumb. Uh, and, uh, like, it, that is a surefire way to make people hate the fucking humor in a game. Uh, and... Like, I cannot believe it exists the way it does. They need to fucking do something about that ASAP. Um, but yeah, the other other thing is, yeah, when you're playing with other people, you just sort of, it's it's pretty annoying. Because um, mm-hmm. you just want to get to the fucking game. So you sort of spend a lot of time jumping around, doing nothing, waiting for, you know, the game to trigger to allow you to play it, uh, which is pretty annoying. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really interesting one because, uh, it's, it seems like a really quick, it's like the fucking shortcut path to making someone, you know, if we talk about how not being able to see, not enjoying the humor is a a surefire way to make you see the floor, the rest of the floors in the game, uh, Borderlands 3 making you sit through shit. I still enjoy the humor, like I still appreciate the humor, but, uh, yeah, I want to shut the fuck up. And it's a surefire way to make me, like, see the flaws. Speaking mm-hmm. of, and those flaws, those flaws are uh, that they nerfed everything I fucking use. They literally went into my fucking inventory and they were like, everything Job loves can go fuck itself. Everything Job loves, everything Job does can just go jump in a fucking lake. They fucked up my Torg shotgun, uh... That I spent fucking 15 minutes talking about last week. Uh, they nerfed fucking drop rates in Mayhem 3 for some dumb fucking reason. So now I get fucking garbage on fucking boss kills. Like, it's a loot game. Why are you nerfing... This This it, it's this speaks to the heart of every problem I've ever had with loot games. Except for Risk of Rain. And that is... Why... Why, why nerf when you should buff instead? Don't nerf Torg shotguns. Buff everything else. Like, there's seven buff... billion guns, Joe. A bazillion guns. 
Make it so that the fucking <laughs> TDL weapons are worth picking up. Make it so that I actually want to f- fucking... Oh my god, the fucking Malawans. Right? Like, why would you ever pick up a Malawan if you've got to spend the first six seconds of every engagement charging the fucking thing up only for it to then fire uh, and do, like, not enough damage? Like, Malawans would be fucking totally awesome if they were crazy OP, Right? Every fucking weapon would be totally awesome if they were crazy OP, and you, all you'd have to do is find the right balance of crazy OP to justify using it. And then, if you want people to, oh, well, oh, but then people aren't challenged enough. Like, the fucking. The mayhem system doesn't seem like it needs to stop at three. Just fucking jack it up a bunch, right? Why does it have to stop at three? Just fucking. Let it keep adding fifteen percent on the fucking health pool of fucking everyone in the game until we get to a point where the the weapons you've got aren't enough to mince cunts anymore. Do it that way. Don't fucking nerf my favorite fucking gun. That feels like you took a gun away from me. That feels like you've taken loot from me. It's a fucking loot game, and you've taken my loot away. Like that's fucking stupid. Like I just. I hate that. It's really burned me out on the game real fucking quick. Because now when I load in, I'm like, oh yeah, right, my favourite gun's a piece of shit now. What did they do to it? They nerfed the damage heavily. Uh, This is the shotgun that I was talking about where you sticky it. You switch it to sticky and you shoot, as long as you had a crit, you could basically like crit five dudes and when you reloaded, all of their heads would explode. It was fucking sick. Like, it was sick from a... Like, conceptual level, right? Like, obviously, I like being able to mince cunts, right? But it was sick on a fucking, like, actual concept level. Because you're, like, literally just, like, pressing the fucking button and everyone fucking explodes. It feels, like, rad. You feel like the fucking gangster, right? But instead, no, now it fucking does sweet fuck all. It's fucked. Like, still a good gun. Hmm. It's just you don't you don't do nearly as much damage anymore. Uh, even with crits, it it doesn't do anywhere near as much damage, which annoys the fuck out of me. Anyway, yeah, it's not upsetting. Yeah, I jumped in a little bit today. Had a chance to yep. play. I was just doing side missions. Some of the ones I missed. I think I've done everything that I kind of had in my list, except for the trials. Um, so I've got to go check them out, but. Yeah, I, I, I've definitely missed some side missions because it does like a um, like the little indicator. It's like you've done forty out of sixty, and I'm like, all right, oh, yeah. still missions somewhere. I don't know where they are, but I go find them. Yeah, I'm wondering if that counts as um, those podiums, the iridium I podiums. Thought, I, I figured that they must count. Yeah. Mm. The other thing is, I don't know what the um, the ancient writing does either like it just seems to be filling in backstory yeah or something yeah uh, yeah, I haven't noticed that it does anything in particular either probably could probably google it but I don't know um because there's also one back on the ship in is it Tannis's room I think and when you look at it he's like I can't read that or something like alright that's weird oh okay (laughs) you should be able to anyway um so yeah i'm I'm sort of still playing it but otherwise 
Uh, I've got some free time now because we've been reviewing stuff. Um, Modern Warfare beta mm. went up last or over the weekend, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, it was over the course of two weekends because it was up early for PlayStation. But um, yeah, it's it went up for PC over the previous like the last weekend went up mm-hmm. on Thursday for anyone with a code a pre-order code I obviously haven't pre-ordered it but uh Activision hooked me up with a code and uh yeah jumped in I jumped in from Friday I think maybe Thursday maybe Thursday I don't know uh probably Friday and uh yeah played it was 50 gig download nearly downloaded fucking Black Ops 4 which was a 150 gig download but luckily I dodged that bullet um and yeah jumped into some modern warfare um i don't like it i don't like it i don't like the multiplayer in this game i like gunfight actually had some fucking a bunch of sick games in gunfight uh with kleb and with nate but uh i don't i don't like the rest of it ground war let's start with ground war did you play it no Okay, let's start with Ground War. Ground War is basically Battlefield, but it's bad, like, it's it, you've got tank, like, well, you've got APCs, you've got sort of tanks. You've got uh, the quad bikes so you can get around quicker. You can call in choppers with kill streaks. Like, there is a lot of Battlefield-type stuff going on in, um, in Call of Duty Modern Warfare Ground War. It's the biggest mode that they've ever had in a game. Uh, it was huge. Uh, it's basically it's domination, but on on a large scale. So that's um, conquest uh, in regular person speak. Conquest came first. Let's just be clear. Uh, so yeah, it's just conquest. Uh, but yeah, it really feels like they have never actually played a battlefield game before. They heard people like the battlefield thing, and they're like, watch some fucking videos, and then they decided to try their hand at making it. They're like, we can do this. Why not? What, you chuck some tanks in, uh, have a couple of choppers, put some points out there, and... And a dirt bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, get as many fucking players into the server as possible. Easy. Let's do it. Let's see what they've got. Uh, because, yeah, the map balance is f- for absolute shit. You can literally sit just outside of... Uh, one team's uncap and spawn camp the fuck out of them, which I haven't seen in like over a decade uh, of of Battlefield. Like they fixed that shit, they fixed that shit ages ago. Uh, they refused to make another fucking uh, Normandy landing, Omaha, uh, because it is literally a spawn camp fest. And I love that. I love Omaha because. You're fighting a spawn camp, but that's the only time I like being spawn camped. Uh, yeah, I sat with a fucking APC in the worst fucking spot for my team, and I just fired into the C cap point. Uh, made no attempt to cap object- the objective. All I did was fucking murder cunts. I racked up so many fucking kills, it was heinous. They had to use an airstrike, an airstrike kill streak to fucking like bust me out. Because I was doing fucking... I had a... You've got like a... You do something like fucking 60 shots a, a minute. So a bullet a second. And you kill in two... Everyone dies in two bullets. You got splash damage out the fucking wazoo. So anytime anyone went near 
the fucking door of that fucking building, I murdered them. Right? They died in two shots. In two seconds. They were dead in two seconds. Like, there was nothing they could do. There literally nothing they could do. They could run over and try to fucking rocket me, right? But I kill in two seconds, right? And I'm forced to be in third person when I'm in a fucking tank. So I can see him coming. So I just fucking pump like punt them it, it didn't fucking matter they couldn't do dick right i think i got one hit by one rocket and that dude died instantly like the only way to stop me was to literally drop everything and come and get me which again they have largely solved in battlefield uh because if you go a ng or support uh with the ability to take out tanks you still have so much other utility for the rest of the game uh, once you use your utility in ground war, you may as well just die because there doesn't seem to be any way to get grenades back. Uh, if you're trying to siege break, right, it's literally faster for you to, uh, throw your grenades in, throw your flash in, try to get as many kills as you can, and then respawn on someone who stays near the spawn cap, and then you can do it again. And it's better for three of you to do that and to spawn on one squad mate uh, than it is for you to do to like attempt to properly at- take a siege point because the there are just way too many people spawning on a single cap area at any one one time, especially somewhere like C or B. C and B are ludicrously close to one another uh, on that map, but that's that's map balancing. It's just just goes to like speaks to the overall terrible fucking map design in modern warfare. Uh, I don't understand what kind of like I've I've been trying to work out what sort of playstyle they are trying to push and I just don't understand with some of these points what it is that like they are encouraging. Uh it doesn't make any sense to me. You there's no sense to the specific behaviors they're trying to encourage with mm-hmm. yeah, those those like spawns and maps the inside it's so it's remember rainbow six when rainbow six first came out and if you look on the outside looking in or on the inside looking out you were basically fucking blind you couldn't fucking see anything Mm. right if you're inside looking out it was just fucking a white light uh which was ironic because you're about to fucking die and (laughs) If you're on the outside looking in, it was pitch black and you just fucking jump in a fucking death. Uh, And slowly but surely they fixed it. Modern Warfare hasn't done dick on that. It is... And, like, everyone looks... All the characters are super dark. So even when you're inside going into another room, it's still way too dark, like, all of the time. Uh, So it's, it's, uh, it's an absolute nightmare to try to, like find a target before the target finds you if you're assaulting a single point mm-hmm. uh on in ground war because you like you need you've got everyone dies in four four bullets there's a super low time to kill which is i think is awesome uh i really like that i've always preferred hardcore in call of duty compared to regular mode uh this feels like hardcore off the bat um, although they do have realism mode where everyone dies in two fucking bullets. Hmm. Um, and there's no HUD. Uh, yeah, nevertheless, uh, yeah, four bullets, but that doesn't mean that you will get, uh, what, seven kills out of a 30 round clip. 
it it just means that like they will die provided you shoot them four times but you will also die provided you're shot four times which means if you run into a room with seven other cunts you're not going to get seven kills unless they're looking some other way there's only two entrances to these fucking objectives there's only two places where they need to look so four of them are looking one way and three are looking the other and unless yeah unless it's successfully siege broken with multiple concurrent flashes that somehow haven't gotten you uh not to mention there are perks that diminish the effect of flashes uh yeah you're not getting in right like it's just literally designed to dick you about it's it's odd it's super weird um anyway that's ground war it's it's fucked it literally plays like bad battlefield like like they just haven't ever actually played battlefield mm-hmm. um so yeah no time for that um regular mode is a camper's paradise it is camp city and i wrote on red bull that it goes it like the core issue it has is kill streaks and I genuinely believe that that is the case. I was saying I was saying this when we left the multiplayer reveal event that they needed to get rid of kill streaks. That they should have brought point streaks back. There's no doubt in my like I know I'm correct. I'm always right, right? From the you know the you know the old oh Job's always right. Ah ha ha, Job's so confident. Blah 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 blah. I'm fucking right about this. I know I am right. There's no doubt in my mind that point streaks would fundamentally fix the problems that killstreaks create in modern warfare because killstreaks specifically and deliberately create selfish play from players like they are you are directly incentivized to play the most selfish way possible if you are trying to get the killstreaks i'm not talking like the i think the fucking the shutdown to this argument is that oh you know but shroud Shroud can get a kill streak when he runs and guns, or you know, fucking some dude from Optic or Phase or Hundred Thieves will fucking. But they're fucking esports pros. They are not the fucking like they are the zero point five percent, right? And this is this this is not about balancing for them. You, kill streaks aren't something that you've balanced for esports pros or like the ultra elites, right? That's that's not the way that works right i will always say balance for esports uh every single day of the week right but that to balance this for esports what that means is do point streaks but balance the fucking point spread in a way that it won't fuck a, a competitive game not encourage everyone to play to somehow be at the level of fucking shroud because it's never going to fucking happen you can't point to the absolute elites and say that they prove that you know anyone can do those things or that people won't be incentivized the behavior that they have incentivized with kill streaks is specifically hiding in corners and getting cheap kills wherever possible uh because there's no there's no way to get them any other like you won't like regular people even good players right i think i uh there's one game where I didn't get fucking uh, like top three, uh, and two games where I wasn't first on my my team. Um, 
the one game where I didn't get top three was the first game I played because I couldn't find a fucking gun I liked. Um, I was I had this fucking the guns you unlock at the start are that one of them's a fucking burst fire and the other one's a heavy machine gun. So I just couldn't fucking I can't do burst fire for the life of me. I fucking hate it. <laughs> and the machine gun was like the recoil was fucking crazy, so I couldn't fucking handle that shit. Just pull down. Uh, so I just got fucking punted. And then the next game, the very next game, I got third. And the game after that, I went, I was MVP every fucking game. And there's heavy duty skill based matchmaking in fucking Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare, like really hardcore. People were complaining that it was too, like too skill based matchmaking because they just kept seeing the same players all the time. They wanted to play against different people. Uh, I didn't mind. Uh, they were probably upset because I kept fucking whooping them. Um, <laughs> right? Like, I'm good. I'm good at Call of Duty. Uh, I've worked it out real quick. I'm Well, no, it's it might not be that I'm good at Call of Duty. It's just that I uh, pick up games really fucking fast, right? Like, I very quickly reach a higher point. That my acceleration, right? My velocity, my speed, my top speed might not be where everyone else's is. But my acceleration is fucking on on the fucking the Prius of fucking gamers, right? Like I'm just fucking zero to hundred and fucking no time at all. But I'm never going to get above one hundred and forty. Did, or did you say the right? Prius, like a Toyota yeah. Prius? That's yeah. where you at. Not like yeah. a Tesla or something. No, no. Because I like the Tesla has a high top speed as well. I am not. The Tesla, I'm the Prius, right? Like, mine, I have a high top speed. I plateau uh, at, at at a point, right? Mm. But, uh, yeah, like, yeah. I pick games up real quick, and so I was dominating, right? The point of this is that I, being the top of my fucking leaderboards at every single fucking stage of every game, uh, I couldn't run a gun. Right, I couldn't get the kill streaks that I wanted, except if I position positionally played, uh, because you can't like there's too many fucking camp spots. You can't fucking play run and gun style in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. You the the pace of the game is such that you need to fucking check corners every single fucking corner because the lighting is too dark because there are too way too many corners because uh players are able to use ghost and you don't have a minimap by default the like gunfire doesn't show up on your minimap it shows up on your fucking radial compass like all of these little things you've got to check for claymores around every fucking corner you've got to check for all this kind of shit to make sure that you aren't going to fucking die because that will fucking cost you your kill streak right so the best way to go for it is to fucking positionally play that's that's the fucking reality of the game like every single fucking <clears throat> Grasner Raid is one of the worst maps I've ever encountered in my life uh, it, it is like a dozen there are a dozen dead ends like just fucking go nowhere paths on that map for no reason at all I cannot understand why you would have dead ends except to give campers a location to hide in uh, or to you know get people get cheap kills from right because yeah it's basically built for for, for cheap kills it's got like the C cap is in the middle of a fucking courtyard so you've got zero cover uh, with 
two giant fucking picture windows above it that as soon as you start the cap, right, someone can fucking pop out at either one. And you can't see them up there because they're in ghost. Like, they've got ghost mode, so your UAV doesn't fucking spot them, right? You can't see them up there until they pop out. You have to work out. It's, it's, there's actually two more windows over further to the side that actually have a view on fucking C as well. It's basically canal, right? Like, it's basically canal from Rainbow Six where there are fucking way too many windows for you to quickly analyze and work out where the fuck you're about to get shot from uh, by someone who is positionally playing. It's just like a train wreck. B has, uh, the B cap has a fucking position where you can stand above B and just shoot straight down into it. There's three of those positions. Uh, you can like drop grenades. Uh, obviously you can sit on the cap itself. Like there are way too many spots where you are in far too much cover. You can put up deployable cover to like to further hide yourself. Like it is built from the ground up to enable camping. But most of the problems that people have with campers weren't on on the cap zones. They weren't on the points themselves. They were away from them. They were getting shot by people who were hiding in buildings where there was no fucking objective, right? Because they... The campers have no reason to go for the objective. They have no ex- like no incentive to actually want to play the objective. They are trying to get a kill streak. They're trying to get 30 kills for the fucking nuke so they can fucking chuck it on YouTube. Or they're trying to get the fucking chopper gunner or whatever the fuck, right? I got a chopper gunner kill streak, uh, which is 11 kills without dying. Uh, I got 15 kills out of that. Um, it did not count towards... Uh, like anything, kill streaks are only kills with weapons or utility. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was annoying. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I, I, I died because I ran out of ammo and I had to go find another fucking gun. Um, yeah, like what? What are you gonna do, right? Like you sort of fucking. I was I was not camping. I was positionally playing in that I was specifically guarding B, and they were rushing B constantly. So it wasn't like I, I there was probably like a twenty to thirty second window uh, every couple of minutes where I could have left and gone somewhere else. But I was successfully playing the objective, in my opinion. Right, defending B and killing the fucking suicide squad that kept running in on me mm. right i don't think that's i don't think that's camping i honestly don't think if you're defending an objective i don't think that's camping i think that is truly positional play that is literally what positional play is um but i could see how you might like other players might have been pissed because they kept getting killed from unexpected angles by me at B, right? Yeah. Like they would go in, they would flush out their last place that I was, the last angle I killed them from. Uh, and then they'd go around and I would murder them from a different angle. There are way too many fucking angles. Uh, the only way to really assault the fucking point, it's, it's really difficult to cap a fucking domination point on your own in modern warfare because it takes fucking, I think it takes 25 seconds uh, to solo cap, which is like insane in a game as fast as Call of Duty, uh, and like you're 
four you're four bullets away from dying the entire fucking time and pissing away all that fucking effort right like the, you're so heavily incentivized to not cap to not play the objective but like i said in my ripple article team like team deathmatch is not the fucking core focus of modern warfare it isn't like there are so many other modes that they're not trying to get you to play they're trying to get you to play you know ground war is is dominate it's conquest right like ground war is conquest um there's 10v10 domination there's not there wasn't a 10v10 tdm i don't think um there's search and destroy headquarters uh blah 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 like they've got so many fucking different modes that team deathmatch can't be their main focus but kill streaks are balanced for team deathmatch they're specifically balanced towards team deathmatch because in team deathmatch the only objective is to get more kills than the other team uh and yeah it's fucked it's utterly fucked uh if like the guns feel good, they still feel good. I think everything we said about it from the multiplayer reveal, you know, uh, that it feels good, that you your movements feel good, uh, that it runs well, all that kind of stuff is still extremely true. But if they don't get rid of kill streaks, so they don't replace kill streaks and point streaks, I have zero interest in playing it, and I guarantee you most people will feel the same. Uh, that this weekend you look at you look at twitter or reddit and there is outrage about this game it is far too different to what they were used to and it like if they can just incentivize players to play the fucking objective they will see a sharp decrease in my opinion in complaints because yeah you can like we're accustomed now uh culturally accustomed to accept positional play as a concept Hmm. it's something they talked about constantly a multiplayer reveal the idea of positional play right but positional play and camping are two different fucking things camping is hiding in an unexpected area not completing an objective positional play is anything that helps you complete an objective for your team if you're playing for your team and holding a single position that's not camping that is positional play mm-hmm. uh there are like map design wise there are way too many fucking spots where you could position positional play and get away with a lot of shit i found a bunch of them on every single fucking map um mostly while i was trying to flush them out uh but like that's you know that's tricky to to fix this close to launch i don't i don't think switching a kill streak system to a point streak system is that tricky to fix i think it's probably too late they they've already marketed it as being like we're going back to kill streaks it's true, but they could also get a lot of fucking goodwill out of going to point streaks instead. Like, like I use point streaks instead of score streaks. Score streaks are my preference because Black Ops was my preference eventually. Hmm. Um, but I use point streaks because they're trying to do the Modern Warfare thing. They're trying to do all the, the greatest hits from Modern Warfare o- over time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. They could, you know, they can do it. I don't see why not. 
they've got one Modern Warfare 3 system in it already, which is the um, the Specialist Strike Package, where you just get more perks. It wasn't in the beta, but yeah, it was there. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Well, it's not really going to matter much because we're going to play uh, Battle Royale when that comes out anyway. It's true. Uh, <laughs> and it's definitely coming. Someone someone um, data mined it and they reckon they found a bunch of stuff which they could have just fucking listened to the gap because we called it fucking yonks ago. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. Modern Warfare. Beta. Uh, yeah. At this point, I would not get the full game because I've got no interest in the single player. Uh, I would, yeah, I would wait for Battle Royale and Battle Royale is going to die instantly if they don't release it as a free-to-play add-on, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. yep. Cool. All right. Uh, the Surge 2. I have been playing a bunch of this sort of in between uh, Borderlands while we were playing Borderlands 3. Um, got code for it a couple of weeks back. Um, I played the original Surge. I think you played a bit of it as well. Yep. If I recall. I um, it is a, um, like takes huge inspiration from Dark Souls and sort of that like. Is putting it mildly. Yes. Sort of like what, uh, what they've sort of done. Um, and they've set it in more like a science fiction future setting with rig suits these people sort of walk around with um pieces of armor attached to them i guess the way you could think of it is maybe like a smaller version of what sigourney weaver has in like alien um or uh i don't know i guess there's probably another film that's sort of similar i don't know maybe like an iron man suit but less body covering i think the rig from alien is a pretty good yeah analogy yeah um yeah and so basically the i guess the setting of this world is that uh it's very far into the future sort of the resources on earth are getting very low and depleted um due to that like a lot of companies have have I guess taken over the world and technology has sort of made um, its way into all parts of life. And that has meant that, you know, people are no longer needed for a lot of jobs. And, and so like society sort of crumbles. Um, Yeah. And then the way that uh, corporations are trying to save the planet, um, you know, sort of like your, I guess, is as if like Amazon was trying to fucking figure out, all right, how do we save the planet? And then they're like, all right, let's do this thing. And so anyway, this corporation does this thing and it doesn't go well. Um, and they end up releasing this nanite based disease. So like a micro robotic disease into the world. And that's sort of like where um, the end of the surge takes place. And the surge to is a couple of months after the first, the first game. And so, you're playing a character who wakes up from a coma uh, and they've been in a plane crash, which was sort of um, as a result of this this disease that has been uh, spread. And you're trying to sort of remember and figure out exactly 
like what has happened exactly. Um, and so you awaken in this detention center uh, and you set off. There's these, there's some sort of giant creature that has terrorized this det- detention center and gone through it and broken it. And you've got like no idea what is going on. And, uh, and you eventually get out into the world of, of Jericho City. And Jericho City is kind of like the hub of um, the Search 2, where you'll spend the most, like, all the time sort of exploring and going out. Um, and so going back to, like, the Dark Souls sort of stuff, uh, it has a very similar system in terms of, um, like, souls from Dark Souls. In this case, it's called Tech Scrap. Every time you kill an enemy, you receive tech scrap and you use tech scrap to sort of um level up your character uh buy resources in the world uh weapons armor that sort of stuff um so very similar to dark souls the difference they do here is and i really like it is that um you collect tech scrap and every time you continue to kill enemies it sort of adds like a multiplier onto your tech scrap score and so the more enemies you kill, um, the higher that multiplier, the multiplier gets. And in Dark Souls, what you would do was you'd go, all right, cool. I've got this. I've got my souls. I'm going to go to my bonfire and I'm going to go level up. Whereas in the Surge, what they try and incentivize you to do is not go to your bonfire, which is um, they call it a med bay. And uh, you can bank all that uh, tech scrap into the med bay. Uh, or you can just keep running around and that multiplier keeps growing and growing. The r- risk there is that you could end up being killed by an enemy and then dropping that tech scrap on the ground. Uh, once that happens, you respawn back at a med bay and you need to go recover the- those resources again. Uh, th- another key change here is that there's a time limit on how long you've got to go get that resource um, and that countdown starts uh, the moment you respawn um but if you immediately start killing again and taking out enemies then you're um it sort of adds more time to that countdown so uh you've actually as long as you're sort of working your way back to where you were then you, you you've at least got a chance to try and get back there it's not like you've got two minutes and off you go it's too far, you're fucked. No, if you start working your way through enemies, like it'll start adding time on there again. Um, so that's really like a, an interesting sort of risk-reward thing. Like You can obviously play it the way you play Dark Souls by just um, farming an area and going back to the to the med bay and, and banking all your points. Or you can you know keep seeing how high you can get that multi- multiplayer to go and uh, just kill like big enemies and get a stupid amount of, of uh, experience from them. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Now the uh, the combat, the way combat works, I fucking love the combat in this game. So cool. Really. Um, yeah. So you can uh, you can target body parts or limbs. You can target limbs on enemies, uh, be, be it their head, uh, arms, leg, or torso. And the um, the enemies in the game, going back to this sort of these rigs that people have. Uh, will have armor on them. So, for instance, you might come across an enemy who has a helmet on and uh, both their arms are armored up, but their legs are, uh, you know, they're, they're normal. There's nothing covering them up. And so you come across this enemy and you hit your targeting button 
uh, which is like your lock-on, same sort of thing as, as an action game. So you lock onto your target, and then you can use the directional stick to select a body limb. And you can sort of scan over them and be like, all right, well, I can see that they've got armor on both their arms and their helmet, but there's no protection on their legs. And you can decide to go and, and try and uh, attack them at their legs. Um, there's two attack buttons. There's a vertical strike and a uh, horizontal strike. It's all melee-based combat. And so when you go up to them, you can then target those limbs and then start wailing on them. Um, now, unprotected limbs will take a lot of damage, whereas the limbs that have got armor on them, you, uh, you'll you do damage to them, but there'll be damage reduction on there. And uh, there is a health meter on sort of the body part as well, like the armor. And once you get rid of the... Um, like you shred away that armor, you can then slice off that limb by using uh, part of your battery meter. The battery meter is just like another resource you've, you've got on top of your health and stamina. Every time you hit somebody, you're building um, this battery bar. And so you use a portion of your battery bar to do a slice and you take off that limb. And um, what happens then is if it's got an armor part on it or say a weapon, it'll drop that armor part and that weapon and then you'll be able to pick that up and use those resources. Um, if you slice off a part of their body that doesn't have any piece of armor on it, then you don't get you don't get anything from it. But you'll just kill them, I guess, um, and you'll get the tech scrap. And so you're going from enemy to enemy and trying to um, slice off these limbs from them and collect all these resources and, and and different types of armor. And there's tons of different armor sets in the game. There's uh, a lot of different types of weapons that you can come across. And um, the first time you slice off a limb, you get a schematic of that particular part. So it'll be like arm or, you know, torso or helmet or legs. And, um, and then once you get that schematic, you can use resources to, to craft them. And then you can craft two arms if you wanted to and then, you know, deck out your arms in this new armor or same for the legs and then, or a torso and a helmet. You don't necessarily have to um, have the same sort of armor sets for each right. body part, but if you do, you get bonuses. So if you've got like three types of armor for a specific set, it might be, um, I don't know, uh, like a damage reduction to poison or something like that. You know, your typical armor set sort of stuff. Um so you could deck yourself out in the whole armor if you wanted to, or you can sort of choose bits and pieces. Each armor, each armor has sort of like a um, a damage reduction on there, how much impact it can take, um, how much poison resistance or fire resistance or uh, electricity resistance, like that sort of stuff. Everything's really different. The cool thing about it is that for the most part, it's um, sort of similar to Dark Souls. Like you can put, you can kind of finish the game with the starting weapon if you wanted to and work your way through. Obviously, there's stuff later on that you can kind of find that sort of fits your play style and you can um, and you can upgrade all those weapons if you want to. And each time you upgrade it, it gets, you know, a couple of more stats put onto it. Uh, so I like, I found a, a nanite-based um, uh, blades really early on in the game and I kind of stuck with them for... I'd probably say about 15 to 12 hours and then 
you know, I started tinkering around with some other builds. Like I found something else later on that I really liked. And so I upgraded that weapon. Um, so yeah, there's like, there's like a lot of different play styles and the way that the weapons sort of handle are very differently. You can find like the really close, um, like fist weapons or giant like hammers that are really slow, but do a lot of damage. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of, again, sort of like that, depending on how you like to play like a dark souls game, you can, you know, grab your, your, your close sort of shield or your giant mallet and just go to town with that if you want. But, um, there's like a lot of different options for weapons and they've all, they all sort of feel really different and, um, you know, different attack speeds. Um, some of them will be. Uh, you know, this one does fire damage or this one's uh, electrical damage. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's, there's a ton of different options you can sort of go with. And uh, each enemy type or each enemy has like a, a power level on them. And so, um, for instance, one to, I don't know, it goes up for a really long time. And um, so if you shred an armor piece on a level, say three enemy, then they drop level three resources. And that's kind of how you... Uh, upgrade all these items in the game um, you get to a point where it's like alright I want to spend my level 3 resources and upgrade my helmet to a level whatever um, level 4 and then off you go that's how you kind of build to, towards the uh, the end game um, by leveling up all these items and so the combat is, is really cool um, in terms of like melee combat the other thing they've done, which is different to the last game, is they've changed the way blocking works. And they've got a directional blocking system. Um, and so the way that works is you have to... You can block if you want to. Like, you just hold the trigger down and uh, the enemy that attacks you, it, you'll get a damage, a damage reduction and it'll take part of your stamina bar. But if you time it perfectly, um, you can actually parry them and do a really quick successful hit back onto them and the way that the directional blocking works is sort of in conjunction with one of the implants in the game uh implants are basically like ways to customize your character and so every time you level up you get a, a power um you know power added to your rig suit and implants will allow you to sort of like um customize your character so it, say for instance uh, in order for me to see the enemy health bar if I want that implant it's going to cost me 5 power level alright um, so you put that as one of your implants and then there might be another implant that is like you can use part of your uh, energy bar to refill your health and so you put that as another implant and that's maybe you know 8 power it's going to use out of your rig suit and one of the other um, implants they've got is this directional blocking indicator so it'll show you on the screen where you're in, the enemy is attacking you and which side you've got to block on and so it's I think it's only the three that it's got it's got like left up and down uh, and right um, and so you'll get it like a, sort of like a, I don't know a quick time event not, not even a quick time event just like it's this is where the fucking attack is coming from get ready and so you hit your, your block button and you move your stick in that direction. And if you time it just right, they'll parry them at that moment. And uh, the reason why I like that better than sort of 
what Dark Souls is doing, like it's it's kind of, um, or even Sekiro or any of that, those are the From Software games, is that it's making a bit more engagement. Like you've got to pay attention as to where the swings are coming from, as opposed to just hitting the block at the right time. Um, Can you do it without the indicator? Yeah. You just have to do the so- timing right. If you learn the animations, yep. you can work out, like, are they distinct enough? Yeah, yeah, you can tell where they're coming from. Like, so you, you'll see something swinging back with the right, and you'll know that, like, that's where it's coming from. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and so what happens is sometimes enemies will be like, or even bosses, uh, sometimes there's, like, bigger enemies that'll be like, you have to do multiple parries. It might be two or three. And so it'll be like, they'll swing from the right. You go, you, and you you nail that parry and it'll go green and then they'll swing from the left and um if you get that that'll stagger them it's not it's not necessarily you have to do both in a row it'll be like all right you got the one on the right but you sort of fucked up the one on the left you took some damage but the next time that you get a successful parry it'll count towards like that's how many you needed to do so it, it might be there's two that you need to do or three um so as long as you knock one of those bars out um, then yeah, eventually you'll stagger them and you can go and wail on them for a little bit. So I really like that the blocking is sort of more engaging and I'm hoping that that is something we start to see uh, like a bit more. That would have been cool in like Sekiro that had like a more like a directional blocking, especially with, like sword fighting and whatnot. Um, yeah. Anyway, true. so yeah, that's new that's in the game and I really like that a lot. It makes the fights just more engaging, especially the boss fights when you see a boss like, you know, swing from a certain direction and Sekiro like you had to learn the timing and you would trigger it like you'd use your triggers to be like block 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 and then block again and that'd sort of stagger them whereas this is like alright you're blocking but you're swinging the stick right and then left and then up or something something like that um, yeah it just feels like you're, you're, more, you're doing a lot more work uh, which you know I, I like that part um so yeah the combat in terms of combat overall i really like so i like the directional attacks being able to choose where you want which sides you want to attack um and, and like being able to slice off a limb and then sometimes like all right that enemy's still going but you've now knocked out you know uh that specific component on their weapon um or like there were some statues later at least fucking statue men and i would like uh I'd slice off their leg and then they couldn't move anymore and they kind of just fucking sit there with like a knee to the ground and I'd be like, aha, suckers. And then they'd start shooting like lasers out of their faces and I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> this is not, this is not what I thought would happen. <laughs> this is much worse. Uh- <laughs> yeah, this is definitely worse. Yeah, have your leg back. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was like a boss fight. One of the first boss fights I came across, I was racking my head uh, uh, around it for a while um, and I just, it turned out I was just doing it I guess I wasn't doing it wrong, but I was doing it the harder way. Like I was taking out the wrong components of this boss at the wrong time. I should have went for these things first. And then as opposed to like its legs or something like that. Um, And so I, I, that boss took me a while. And then eventually I was like, all right, what if I try in a different, like, like uh, I approached this a bit differently and attacked these things first. And that made the fight so much easier. Um, So yeah, just like thinking about how you're, going into some of these fights and like, all right, if I take out its leg, then it won't be able to do this anymore. Or, um, that's, that's really cool. I like that sort of stuff that you sort of see that in some games and, um, like being able to sort of 
strip away certain things, abilities um, is, is really interesting approach to games. So yeah, I really dig the combat. I think it's, it's really awesome. And I hope that uh, we see other games borrow some of those elements because I, I really like it. Um, in terms of level design, from what I understand, the level design in the original Surge was a bit more, mm, I don't know, like linear, but also not as open worldy. Um, I sort of recall when I was playing it, it was sort of like that. Um, whereas this is like a hub, like it is a an area and you are opening shortcuts all over the place. There are so many shortcuts. You'll get to uh, the start of the game and it's sort of teaching you how the shortcuts work. Like you get an idea of this is where you start. You sort of work your way through this detention center, eventually unlocking doors. And uh, once you work your way out of the the detention center that's when you get into uh jericho city and by that stage you should have an understanding of like oh okay yeah so when i unlock a door it's sort of like a quick way for me to get back to where i was and and that's sort of how it works in the hub world uh except they've got like uh they've got enemies out there now that are higher power level and so you know like not to go fuck with them um whereas in dark souls it's like you sort of wander into an area and you just get like one shot you're like probably shouldn't be here uh whereas in this game if you've got the implant on you you can look at an enemy and be like they're way too high level for me i probably shouldn't be going that way and so it does a good job of like funneling you in the direction you're supposed to be going down as well as well as um like looping back on itself every once in a while and being like all right this is a quick way for me to sort of get souls yeah but it's there's a lot there's like tons and tons of shortcuts um, and then there's things in the world you'll see you'll be like um, these like grappling grappling lines and you're like well what is that and that's like something that'll come to fruition later on when you find the tool that you need uh, and yeah. so there's lots of verticality in the game as well there's like okay. so, so much verticality more than what uh, I think I feel like more than what um, like Dark Souls has done I would say uh, like Dark Souls was doing the whole sorry uh Sakura was doing the grappling with, um, uh, I can't even remember what that thing was called, the arm, I guess, whatever it was. You'd grapple onto certain anchor points in the world, whereas this is um, like grappling lines that sort of take you to different areas. Uh, But it feels like there's more going on. Like it's, Sakura was, it felt like more open, like more openness in the world. It wasn't as, clustered uh so yeah anyway the yeah i was really surprised by the sort of the world and sort of what they do um it's this futuristic setting so a lot of it is like whites and like bright colors uh not really a lot of color depth in terms of a variety of colors it's very clean um right you get to an area later on and sort of like a bit there's some, they throw some greens and whatnot in there but for the most part it's very like whites and blues and, and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and so you set off on this this mainline quest and along the way you run into side characters who give you side missions. Um, it seems like it's not taking itself super seriously. There's some really interesting characters you'll meet across the way that um, uh, sort of... They're trying to put some humor in there. Um, but, you know, it's not as... like 
in terms of the story, it's not as vague as some of the other games we've played. <laughs> some Souls-like games, like they're yeah. you know you you get to characters, and you're like, oh yeah, okay. They're not talking in fucking code all the time. You know what I mean? Um, they're actually yeah. telling you what you need to go and do, and then you go do something, come back, and you'll get a reward from them, or you know maybe they're a shady character and they turn on you or something like that. Um, so it's not just main missions; there's side stuff you can go and do, and uh, some yeah, some interesting side missions in there. Um, yeah, there's a turning point in the game that I found, which, um, basically it got too easy <laughs> and oh, I think, um, that's a huge problem with the game. I don't know if everybody's going to experience this, but it was, I found it really challenging. Like I was messaging people that had the game and being like, Are you like, how did you get past, um, this like specific section? Like, I'm getting fucking ruined. Um. And that was in relation to like these statue people I was talking about. I'm like, I do not know what I'm doing wrong, but I can't figure it out. I'm just getting destroyed. Um, I'm just basically running away, away from them at this point because I just, I can't figure it out. And this is before I started using the parry system. I was just, I was doing classic Dark Souls. I was just dodging out of the way all the time or blocking. Um, so yeah, my one piece of advice, use the parry system in this game. It's very good and it will help you a lot <laughs> um and it's i feel like it's a necessity for a lot of the the enemies um and so once i learned that you need to use that system it made fights a lot easier um and then on top of that i felt like i out leveled not out leveled but i just like I, I wasn't having any more challenge with some of these enemies i would just run at things it's a very action uh an action game like like fast paced yeah it's super fast paced um I just got to the point where I just felt like I could run at things and not have to worry about even blocking or dodging or moving. Like I would just take the damage that I was getting from this thing, keep swinging. And once the fight was done, I would uh, heal because the more damage you're doing to something, uh, the more energy you're adding to your energy bar. And then you can use that energy to turn into health again or, um, or whatever implant you're using. There's a bunch in there. There's like a, sort of like an instant health one. There is one where you can do like a, uh, it'll like regenerate 50% of your health over a certain amount of time. You could use both if you wanted to and like cycle through them. It just depends on how much power, um, power level you've actually gotten and uh, what you're willing to sort of sacrifice from all the implants that you find out of the world. Like you find things that can do, uh, like add, it'll add poison resistance or something like that. But I'm like, I don't need poison resistance. I don't need to implant that. So um, you kind of build your character the way that you sort of want to run around in this world. So uh, the, yeah, the biggest problem for me was that I just felt like towards the end of the game, it was too easy, way too easy. They just run at everything and just wail on them basically. Um, so it didn't feel challenging. The only challenges that I did have were the boss fights towards the end. And, uh, and they start reusing one particular boss or two of them uh a couple of times and you know their movesets at that stage so it's oh, okay. um they they sort of hit harder and they're quicker but you you know how they work and what the thing is to sort of beat them and so once you learn that it's like um yeah That's you kind of it's kind of like Sekiro when it throws that that uh boss that just fucking smashes you in but if you get the timing the blocks right it's easy like it's a it's a boss at one stage and then later on they just start throwing at them at like regular yeah. enemies and like oh yeah i know how to beat this thing it's simple it's like that sort of stuff um 
Well, Dark Souls did that too with the Cabra Demon and that someone else. I can't remember. One of the others. Yeah. Um, you see a fucking bunch of them at one point in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Is, but but the, as regular enemies, right? I think that's a... Like, are they regular enemies or are bosses that are powered up or some shit? No, they're bosses. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think it's good when it's a regular enemy because it's sort of... That sort of raises the stakes, right? It changes the stakes to be something, oh, okay, well, whatever I'm coming up against next is going to be fucking hairy. Yeah. But uh, if, if it's another, if it's reusing it as a boss, I think that's a bit of a, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a harder fight. Like, it's quicker and does more damage and that sort of thing. Um, but it's it would have been cool to see different types of bosses. Like, the one of the first bosses you come across is really cool. And it just feels like nothing sort of gets to that level again. Like, they do interesting things with it. Um, right. So, yeah, that's a bit disappointing. Oh. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Uh, I had a lot of performance issues. Not not performance issues, just bugs and technical problems. Um, and performance issues started rolling in towards the end of the game. They do right. something with Jericho City towards the end. And, uh, yeah, frame rate just tanks. From what I understand from reading reviews today, it's just not uh, PC-related, but people are also seeing a lot of performance issues on consoles. Right. So that's a bit disappointing. Like, I, I was getting over 100 frames in this game up until that point, and it was dropping yeah. as low as probably maybe below 30 at some stages. Uh, and during those stages, I had a couple of times it crashed, crashed on me, probably i'd say about half a dozen times it crashed um wasn't a huge issue because the game saves pretty regularly whenever you get sort of sort of a new not a new area but every once in a while once you get through to a, a checkpoint it'll just it'll save so not losing heaps heaps of time uh, but still frustrating uh, getting stuck on terrain using zip lines you die instantly sometimes um just sort of stuff like that weird graphical glitches like disco lights the only way to sort of fix that was to uh quit back to the main menu and then back in the game um but otherwise yeah they they dropped a 10 gigabyte patch while i was reviewing this game which was last i think the patch came out last thursday or last friday over here um and i emailed i sent out an email to try and find out what they patched uh and uh yet to get that so whether or not those issues are being fixed i mean the issues that i was having weren't fixed in this patch um so i don't know what they fixed but it, it seems like these performance issues aren't fixed they're going to be there from day one which is which sucks because definitely had a negative effect on my combat experience towards the end um, which was crap so yeah, that's, that's not good yeah i guess that's feel like that's maybe everything like I, I really like the game a lot just that it gets like the, the scaling the difficulty scaling doesn't feel right towards the end uh, maybe that's just because i was maybe i farmed too much or something um i didn't i don't I didn't farm i didn't really farm i was kind of just doing side missions and like, i was just playing the game i was i was playing and it just felt like i got to the towards the end and i nothing was really a challenge for me anymore like the enemies i just run at them hit them and then oh no there's three other people coming towards me 
and yep. that wasn't like in Dark Souls you're like oh fuck alright that's a problem yeah. <laughs> whereas here I'm like oh that's that's fine earlier on in the game I was like that's a problem this is not yeah. good but at this stage I'm like I'll just take the damage and I'll kill this guy I'll right, heal up right. and I'll focus the next person yeah and kind yep. of just switch through so I hope um, they can sort of fix that with some updates fuck you what before I get to play it are you, are you did you okay yeah no, I didn't get a code. No. I'll pick it up. Yeah, it it's good. Uh, well, I like like it's a it's a good game. It's I, I gave you were it super keen for me to get it. Yeah, because I wanted to your thoughts on the combat because I like oh, the I combat. Know, I, I love yeah, what they're doing with the combat. Um, but that was before it got really easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. So, and I like the blocking system. I think that's so smart. That's really cool. I hope. Um, hope someone else uses that like a well, from software user that'd be sick um, yeah but i really like the the picking the limbs as well like where you, which body parts you want to attack and like oh i'm trying to build an armor set and i need the arm parts so then you start looking for guys that have arm armor and <laughs> you start going after those guys all the time um, imagine in a like in a traditional from software horror style mm. game where you're like chopping off arms but they're not like robot arms they're like a fucking werewolf arm or something and suddenly you've got like a fucking claw and you could do some real cool body horror type shit with that idea that'd be fucking rad give yourself like super jump with like the right set of legs or like fucking tentacles and you can walk up walls or some shit that'd be fucking sick yeah and they so they do that sort of thing in terms of like you put these specific leg pieces on it'll be like oh you've your evade uh, cost is minus 14% or something like that. and But every armor set is different. They've all got different types of properties and you mix and match. And I feel like I used nearly the same armor set the entire game. Um, right. Like I looked around for different ones. I was like, no, I'm pretty happy with with these ones. Like if I, uh, like there was a point where I got up to a fight and I switched out some of my, my weapons because I was going to do more damage with... Uh, fire-based weapon or something like that but or, or electricity-based so there's occasions where I was like I'm going to switch out these weapons to make this fight a bit easier but for the most part um, yeah I just think the combat's really good uh, it's just a shame that the difficulty doesn't scale very well right um, and the bosses are kind of there's some good bosses in there and then it's like man they're just throwing like it seemed like they put the really good bosses up front <laughs> and yeah then, right and I guess it's one of those things, right? Like, do, do they expect people to just not finish it, right? Yeah. Well, but, like, it seems like they've learned a lot and they've got a, a good community that play that game or that, yeah. like, they've taken some really interesting ideas. Um, oh, the other things they put in there is an online feature as well. So they've gone full Dark Souls and, like, you can leave messages for people. Oh, cool. They have, like, graffiti. And so there were people leaving messages during the... Um, during the review period and it was nice. and I was leaving messages with people as well which is really cool and uh, it'd be like there's a you know a secret stash up ahead or like there's a sniper up in the whatever um, and it's it's just graffiti that you can put down uh, I think there's three different icons you can sorry there's three different um, uh, like sort of graffiti icons that you can put down but there's a ton of different icons so there's like you put like an arrow pointing right with a, a man like a, a death symbol and then like a, a sniper scope or something like that that type of thing right um just to point control 
Do any trolling? There was. I saw some people, yeah, doing that, and uh, there yeah. was one, and I was like, "That's there's definitely nothing down there," and I like liked it and things like that. And there was other nice. ones where people were pointing out <laughs> chests that were hard to find um, and that sort of thing. Right. The other thing they do is they put you can put a banner down, and um, you can hide them in certain areas, and and they last for a certain amount of time. And the more people that find it, the less um, the less tech scrap you get. And so the less people that find it, the more more tech scrap you get. So it's like a hide and seek type game, right? Okay. And uh, what was the other one? Is uh, there's some other online stuff? Oh, there's uh, revenge enemies as well. So people that get killed by enemies uh, will be marked in your game as a revenge enemy. And once you kill them, uh, I think they do. They're a bit more beefier. But once you kill them, you get a bunch of resources and it'll pop up on your screen and say, like, you've avenged so-and-so, whoever the player was that um, that was killed by them. And so there's, there's, like, a bit more online connectivity going on in the game. Uh, not as, you know, you're not calling in players to come help you during boss fights or invading other players' games or anything like that. But, yeah, there's a few things in there. So, yeah, I feel like they've, you know, the Surge, I played i feel like four or five hours of the original surge um i enjoyed the combat like i got what they're going for but it didn't really capture me that much whereas this game like i was so in it, it, it there was a point where it just clicked and it just sort of, yeah. i was like all right this is so good and uh, unfortunately aside from the technical issues and just things i talked about with the um with like the difficulty and that enemies enemies sort of recurring and that sort of thing that's where i was like oh man that's a bit disappointing but i like where they're going like if they come out with another game um like this because this isn't the first souls like they've done they did was it lords of fallen i feel like was the other ones they did yeah yeah lords of the fallen yeah yeah Yeah. so like they're, they're learning and they they you know these aren't huge budget games but i feel like they're doing a pretty good job um, like if you're looking for a Dark Souls or a Souls-like game, don't have huge expectations, but I think it does some really interesting things that sort of push the genre in an interesting direction. They're not like doing exactly the same stuff as what From Software does. They're, they're trying new systems and putting interesting things in there. So that's that's really cool. So uh, I really dug it. I had fun with it. Cool. Yeah. Just hopefully they fix some of those problems. And I, I had a quick yeah. browse through yeah. some of the reviews today and it seems like you know it's getting between sevens and 8.5s around there yeah cool yeah nice that's my games that's what I was playing dope uh, uh, that's all we got right should we do some newses let's do some newses uh, let's start off with one that's not on the list um, Apple's Game Pass thing subscription came out this week and so Google Play also announced their own pass that's coming out in the US this week Uh, I think you can get it for two bucks a month for 12 months and then it's going to go to five bucks a month or something like that uh, which is pretty rad Um, that's cool we're always looking for new mobile games Uh, and the one thing that both these subscriptions hold uh, above everything else is that it's supposed to be ad free and not microtransaction based. Mm. 
So uh, I suspect we will be able to get some. Those are the kinds of games we're always looking out for, except for except for empires and puzzles, obviously, uh, which I guess is microtransaction based, but you don't need to do them at all. Uh, at all. Um, yeah, like, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, that, like, I was, I was waiting for the, the Android version to come out, or at least I was going to go look up all the fucking Apple ones to find, um, what I could, you know, what, like, what games were on Apple that I could get on Android. Um, I believe the Google Play one is not just games. I think it's apps as well. There's some apps in the mix, which is slick. Anyway, just figured I'd uh, point that out. Cool. So, yeah. Um, no, no idea of the quality of the apps yet, but um, I know that, yeah, the Apple one has gone over quite well. My... Old ass iPad isn't up to scratch to play any of the games on it. So sweet. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, we've also got Switch, the Switch Lite. Joy Cons on the Switch Lite are already exhibiting um, drift, hmm. which uh, is what I said would be the problem with the Switch Lite from day dot. Uh, and it's already happening. Drift is when uh, the thumbsticks stop working as they're supposed to uh, and it is literally built from the ground up they will never be able to fix it unless they entirely reconstruct the Joy-Cons which apparently they didn't do but the problem with the Switch Lite is that you can't just fucking replace the Joy-Cons you have to replace the entire console so uh, yeah uh, everyone I know that is buying one is buying one for their children uh, children are of course notoriously uh, gentle on game consoles so I don't think the drift will be much of a problem it'll probably go really well for anyone who's bought a Switch Lite for their children uh, top notch purchase decision there uh, and yeah that's that's about it any any thoughts Luke oh you can sign up to the Google Play I didn't even let you talk about that one I just sort of fucking jumped straight in you'll be able to sign up because you're an Android boy yeah I, I just changed my uh, phone from Australia to US on Google. So I nice. think it takes a couple of days. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, when it's available, you can let us know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, what about the Switch? Any thoughts on the Switch? Uh, no, don't care. I was correct. They, That's correct. They, you are right. I was correct. They're not putting out any games that I don't play, so... Uh, not exclusively, anyway. No. Unless they want to remake Donkey Kong Country. Fuck yeah, I'll play that. Oh, yeah? I'm just joking. Stop remaking fucking video games. I was going to say. I was going to say. Did you uh, see? I, I feel like, what is it? What was that Zelda game that came out? Link's Awakening? It's like one of the highest rated games of this year. That's fucking yeah. bonkers. This was, I was thinking before it hasn't been a strong year for games. I sort of Borderlands 3. I can't really think of the games that I absolutely fucking love. Uh, there's definitely something. I'm Apex, definitely Control, on. Secure is up there. Oh, Control. I was blanking on Control. Uh, Apex, yeah, obviously I love Apex, but the problem with the old uh, Battle Royale games is that, uh, yeah, if you release them at the start of the year, it's not that you forget them by the end of the year when Game of the Year rolls around. It's more that you have burnt out on them by the time it gets to that. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the there's some other stuff coming. Um, Death Stranding. Uh, the jury is out. The Outer Worlds is the only game I'm really looking forward to that's left. Yeah, the Outer Worlds. I'm going to play the fuck out of that. I will now also check out The Surge too. but yeah. Oh, it's Otherwise, not, I'm not game of the year material. <laughs> all right, then. I gave it a seven, all right? And that's that's me giving it a seven. Yeah, that's a good school. Yeah, right? that's what I said. I, it's good. I like it. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, that's a good school. Like, yeah. But that's like a, for everyone else, that's like a nine. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, right? You gave it seven. Yeah. So that's a pretty high score. Oh, maybe I'll get so it So I was going to check it out, but apparently... Six. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Set my expectations too high with your seven. Yeah, yeah. Don't give a fuck. Let's let's have a quick squeeze. Break points. Don't care. Uh, too much spaghetti and spaghetti and skittles. Um, um, uh, <laughs> what, what the fuck? Is there anything else? The Outer Worlds. The day after Modern Warfare, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, that's there's that. Nope. Yufkas. Nope. Doom Eternal. Oh my god. Doom. Yeah. Forgot about Doom. Okay. Forgot about Dre. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in for Doom Eternal. Very much in. Did, uh, yeah. did you see this Kojima thing the other day? Where uh, everybody uh, flipped out on Twitter because he murdered a bunch of children? It was pretty... It was like... The jokes around it were pretty funny. They were pretty good. I liked Mark Serrell's one. Uh, where he quoted fucking Renum, Denim Renum, or whatever the fuck his name was from the IT crowd, where he's like, well, when I started this company, I had a dream, I had six million pounds, right? Like, it definitely seemed like Kojima was like, I did everything on my own, I, you know, I never had a fucking chance, uh, but you did have the backing of the biggest fucking corporation, uh, biggest console corporation, well, until Nintendo um yeah like you, you did you did do well but uh no apparently it was just a mistranslation right apparently his twitter team's just fucking shit hmm. or is it not his twitter team is it just some like i think he's got a translator that does it on 2015 12 16 i became independent no office just a tiny room no staff no machines nothing at all i had, all i had was this kgp logo notepad and pen my own pc uh i started to work on the console Concept while recruiting staff, finding office and game engine, had a dream and connection, and that's all. And yeah, six million dollars from Sony. Um, <laughs> classic. And then the other one he did was a Hideo Kojima game means the declaration of me doing concept produ- produce produce uh, original story, script setting, game design, casting, dealing, directing, difficulty adjustments, promoting, visual design, editing, supervising the merch. Uh, which um, people are clarifying that he was all he was saying was that he was involved with he didn't do it all himself or wasn't in charge of it all he was just a part of every uh, every part of that Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah people were losing their shit look the one where he said he he had nothing but a dream hilarious Uh, but yeah the mistranslated tweet that that's a bit of a rough one <laughs> yeah yeah i thought it was uh 
there's more things to get angry or better things to get angry about than that sort of thing. People were fucking firing up, and I was like, you guys are idiots. Yeah, let's just chill. Yeah. Let's just chill out. Um, finally, Warner Bros. teasing something, most likely Batman Arkham related. Yeah. So this started this week, or this weekend, when uh, the, uh, is it the 80th anniversary of the Batmans? And, um, yeah. Yeah, the Warner Brothers Montreal Twitter account came alive after, I think the last tweet was in, I think it was 2015. I can probably check that really quickly, but that's what I think it is off the top of my head. Um, yeah, September 2015 was the last time I tweeted, and they put up a tweet yesterday which said Warner Brothers Montreal is proud to celebrate Batman's 80th anniversary with the rest of the world during Batman Day and um, they put up a video of the bat signal which was uh, which was lit up on a building in Montreal a bunch of cities around the world did it this one was in Montreal and uh, went for about 30 seconds and then during that video uh, for this for a slight second you would see flashes of images come up and there were four in total and um, anyway, this went around around everywhere. Uh, people were doing like Photoshop things with them, clearing up the images and that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, the I guess people have determined that it, it's probably got something to do with <laughs> uh, with Batman Arkham or at least some sort of Batman game. Uh, Warner Brothers Montreal did make a Batman Arkham game called Origins. Um, which was fine. It was okay. And so, yeah, this one is, people are saying that it's probably got something to do with Quarter Owls and yep. judging by some of the logos that are coming or, or, or at least maybe even multiple factions that are going to be present in the game. And uh, yeah, and then a couple hours ago, um, they released a second teaser which is all the logos very clearly displayed, morphing from one the one logo to another. Um, so yeah, there's definitely something going on. We don't know what it is. And uh, they've got a tagline that says, Capture the Night on this Twitter message as well. So that's where we're at. There's two events tomorrow that I'm aware of. One of them is a PlayStation uh, State of Play event where they're going to be talking about, I think the... The, the one they've been spruiking is is The Last of Us Part 2. And uh, and there's also an Xbox event tomorrow as well. And uh, it's likely we're going to see something maybe at one of those events. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the alternative is that uh, the Game Awards is coming up. And, right. I mean, that's still a couple of months away. Yeah, I think now's the time for it. Yeah, yeah. So... Seems like remember we when uh, ARGs, remember when ARGs were like complex things where fucking Damon Lindelof was like <laughs> teasing lost shit for fucking months on end or some shit. And now it's like it's a Twitter video with four frames. Anyway, I'll tell you later this week. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess we'll find out more when that comes to life, but. Did you end up playing Origins at all? I feel like you didn't. No, I didn't. I played. Well, I played at a preview event and didn't really click with me. For me, the like uh, gameplay 
of the Batman games has always been sort of uh, secondary to the storytelling. Right. And I didn't really like what I saw from Origins, so I didn't get into it, didn't give it a shot, really. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, and fuck, in the case of Knights, the gameplay actively harms my enjoyment of the storytelling, so there's that. Mm. Uh, yeah, Arkham City is still the best of the series, in my opinion. Sure. Finally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, oh, yeah. It sounds like Court of Owls, something in Razor Ghoul is in there as well. Um, I like I, I liked the Court of Owls arc. I know you didn't, but... Uh, I maybe need to re- reread it. I just Because it was one of the first New 52s, right? They did? Uh, yeah, yeah. Storylines. Right at the start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I just couldn't get into it. I reckon, yeah. I reckon they could tell some really interesting stories out of that. Um, yeah. Anyway, we might be talking about that next week. I guess. Might be. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Um, still keen to see whatever that's going on with State of Play, though, and this Xbox stuff. I want to see yeah. some um, some Last of Us. What's going on with that game? That's out in a couple months. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. All right. Well, fair enough. That's the news. Do we have any questions? We do not. All right. That's fine. That's okay. It is. It's fine. Fine, whatever. Just don't even. All right, the gap. You can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube. Is that everything? Probably. Um, if you want to email us, the podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Discord, the slash Discord. If you want to jump in and uh, chat with people, you can do that. Or play yep. video video games. And you can find us on social media, twitter.com slash the podcast, facebook.com. Slash the GA podcast. You can find us on YouTube, thegapodcast.com slash YouTube. You can find our website, thegapodcast.com. It's got all the links to things we talked about, including past episodes of the show. If you'd like to check them out, you can. And uh, that's all run by our Patreon members who help support the show. If you want to help do that, you can go to patreon.com slash GA podcast and uh, hit the subscribe thing. And then Job gets money. Job, I've never seen any money. You get all the money. It goes, it, but I'm still grateful. It goes, uh, yeah, it goes into help running the site when when it yes. when it does run. We try and keep it up and running. Yeah, well, yeah, it helps the hamster run on the fucking wheel that is apparently running our server. Uh, um, it crashed the other day. No. Shock! Like the day, the day I was putting the podcast up because I usually put oh, yeah, it up took everything the down. night. Yeah, like there was an update that went through WordPress mm. and it fucking like WordPress must have crashed halfway through and like it would just decide to come back up. I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, and I've <laughs> like, got stuff to do. I'm like trying to do the Borderlands. I'm trying to do fucking the Surge, which I couldn't talk about at that stage. And then I'm trying to do like moving and then the site goes down. I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah, and then eventually I got it back up and running and like took out all the fucking plugins that the site uses got them all back up and running and yeah it's now it's now working again so thank goodness thank goodness nice. i don't know this it might have been the last show patience. last week we could i just could be like fuck it i'm done Oops. we're out, <laughs> we're out. We're out it's crashed i don't know what to do anymore yeah yep. the, there's backups but i don't know what the fuck i'm supposed to do with them <laughs> yeah yeah so thank you everyone that helps support the show much much appreciated yes. uh, and I think that is it have you got anything you want to pimp out for this week head to Red Bull check out uh, my you know 
writing about how kill streaks fuck Call of Duty, uh, and also uh, I got a big story about um, leveling up away from the keyboard. Uh, I spoke to a bunch of like players um, about basically how physical fitness uh, helps them play better, mm. and uh, I found some really interesting shit. Yeah. Along the way as well, like so, you should have pulled down the, the the mouse more strength when, yeah, when yeah, like you can use a heavier mouse and stuff yeah. as well, which is obviously an improvement. Um, no, um, do you know fucking chess players lose fucking like straight up over the course of a single chess match will lose kilograms in weight, mm. like they just they exert so much fucking effort that they like so much energy. That they lose weight while playing chess. Doing what? Sure. Chess is a sport. Ooh. But yeah, like, yeah, it's it's like heavy duty. Yeah. Like, people that just don't consider how much goes into that kind of shit. And you look at something like fucking Dota, right? Where they're playing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end. Uh, in a best of five, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember from the last True Sight how they were like talking about how at a certain point you just don't want to play anymore because you're exhausted. Like yeah. you're not fucking, you haven't done anything, but you're exhausted. Um, yeah, people never take that shit into consideration. Yep, it's huge. Cool. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, so yeah, should be good. I think it'll be up on Friday. Um, waiting on a couple of answers back but yeah when it goes up it'll be up nice and what about you uh you can head to survivor.com check out my the surge 2 review went up today um so you can definitely go read that if you'd like to it was longish i think i wrote 1800 1600 words or something that was stuff i cut because i was like this is too fucking long I, I went on for ages just about random shit it was too long it was late i was grumpy Long reviews are better. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. I usually like a thousand words and then I'm good. But yeah. The longer the better. The longer the better. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've written anything that's a thousand words in fucking seven years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm capable anymore. <laughs> yeah. Your intro is a thousand much. words. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, you do that. Um, and I think that is it. Next week, be talking about Apex. I'm going to an Apex event for season three this week. Cool. Awesome. So we'll get some more details about that. We've been teasing crypto um, on the site. Sorry, on the in the game they've been teasing it and on their website and that sort of stuff. So I guess we'll find out more about that very soon. I think the last day of season two is early next week, like Monday or Sunday. Around there. Wow. Nice. And that's it. So I'll be up to about next week. Not sure about what else, but be here. Tight. Nice. All right. Well, that's it. See you all next week. Bye.